0: Um, but, but I had the opportunity as, as the week began to, to make a trip over to Denver to visit those in the hospital. And, you know, it was starting out to be such a splendid day. It was gorgeous. It was going to get blistering hot, but it was gorgeous. And as I drove along the road, I looked at the mountains, the valleys, the canyons. I'm listening to the Psalms on, in my car, and I'm like, God, this is great. This is going to be an amazing week. And then I hit the pass, and my car began to overheat. Very exciting on a hot day. And as I, as I made my way up the next pass, my car began to overheat again. I will tell you what, on a hot day, 90 degrees on your thermostat blowing heat on you does not feel good. But there was a parking lot on the interstate, so I pulled off because my car's overheating, parked it on the side of the road, waited for the traffic to clear, and somebody decided they wanted to go the other way on the interstate, and they hit me. Yeah, I know. I'm like, you know, this really started well, but... Uh, it's not feeling like a psalm's week it's kind of feeling more like a job week and i'm not equating any of that to what job went through but you know <laughs> right and and then the next day a dear sister ellen smith stepped into eternity and that's hard death is is not good Death was not God's plan, but God is good, and we know that that Helen had a, a wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. And I kept reading through the Psalms, and life kept happening this week. And if I get screwed up this morning and lose my place, you'll have to you know, just bear with me. I have 13 sermons swimming around up here because I have high school camp this week. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, right? And, and I know some of the hurts that are, that are going to be facing as I, as I go up this week. And I read through the Psalms. And it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Because, church, the psalms are written for life. You know, it's interesting, music and melody, and and Nathan brought reference to the music and praise and singing and all of that, but music and melody plays a huge part in our lives, doesn't it? How many of you wake up to music? The rest of you are like, nope, it has to be an annoying beep. Okay, (laughs) that's all right. I wake up to music. A lot of us wake up to music. Many of us engage with music in the shower. It's the one place we can carry a tune, right? It's wonderful. I I mean, if you're ever alone here or out there in the entryway with no one there, that's another good place to carry a tune. It's wonderful. A lot of us engage with it and have headphones with us. I mean, I can't tell you how many youth have their headphones clipped to them somewhere. Always, so they can just pop them in and just listen. And they engage with music. As soon as we turn our cars on, typically, guess what? The radio is, is coming on, or it's connecting with our phone or MP3 player and playing music, melody. We, we engage with it in so many different ways. There are those who are gifted enough that they love to like pick up a stringed instrument or sticks and make music or, or hammer on some keys and make music and it just comes from within their being and it's wonderful I mean, my goodness, we even have primetime TV shows that center around music and melody in fact, in our world, it, music is a 26.2% 1000000000 dollar industry yeah wrap your head around that one that's up six percent by the way from 2021 even but then we come to God's word and we open it up and right at the center we find a book like psalms. Some interesting facts about Psalms. First of all, it is it is far greater than just a a spiritual song book. It's far greater than, than a hymnal placed on in the pages of scripture. As we look at the Psalms, it's at the center, but it expresses God's heart like no other book. Have you ever noticed that as you thumb through the pages of Psalms? The way that you see the heart of our God in such a spectacular, wonderful way. It's comprised of of different various poems. Different prayers leap off the pages as you, as you read through the psalms, and as you look at it, there's even, yes, songs. Songs of praise and, and adoration. It's interesting, the, the word psalms, or the title of the book that we get, actually comes from a Greek word meaning a song sung to or accompanied by a plucked instrument. There was instruments that were plucked, harps, guitars, lyre, all sorts of different things, but they were, these things were put to melody. It's interesting because melody has a way of helping us remember, isn't it? I mean, how many of you can remember the words to songs like that? I mean, if the melody comes on and you're like, and then you're like, scripture memory time. Ugh. interesting awana actually puts out the scripture memory to melody for many of the kids because it helps them memorize but it's it's a book of praises and we come here and we see that through the pages of psalm god is praised This morning, regardless of your week, regardless of whether you're on a high or a low or somewhere in between, or maybe just a plateau, I, my prayer for you is that as we look at Psalms, you will praise God. Do you realize that this book is probably one of the most quoted books in the Bible as people go to it so frequently in their life? In the New Testament, it's the second most quoted book. The first being Isaiah. But Psalms is quoted quite a bit, even in the Scriptures itself, because it declares something about our God. And as you read through the pages of Psalms, it, it, it captures where we are in so many different moods. I found a lot of different moods on Monday. I was joyous and celebrating and praising. And then I was like, oh God, why? And I found it hard. Isn't this horrible? Your pastor preaching on Job the day before found it very difficult in the midst of his struggles to go, blessed be the name of the Lord. Your pastor's a real guy. Thank you. All right. And we come here and it relates to where we are. I would read the Psalms later and it would talk about those who would come together and around you. And that day I had friends gather around me and support me, encourage me. I was able to be an encouragement to others during the week. It's, it's beautiful how we have this. As we go through the Psalms, we, we, we approach a Psalm like 23. And more times than probably any other psalm, we go there and we find comfort, don't we? We find such comfort in Psalm 23. Did you know though that in Psalm 22, while our Savior hung on the cross, shedding His blood for your sin and mine, His mind went back and He declared and quoted the 22nd Psalm which begins with, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's interesting that God would allow the psalmist to go through such a struggle, such a difficult time, that he would pen the words of Psalm 22 one day to be reflected on, quoted by Jesus Christ himself. In Psalm 139, We find our value. We see how much God considers our worth in His eyes. As He talks about knitting our bodies together. As He talks about how often He thinks of you and me. And He says, if you tried to count the times I think of you, you might as well go count the sands of the seashore. And we go to that psalm and we see our value and worth in God's eyes. We come to a psalm like Psalm 96 and we look at God and we just go, wow, God. You're like, I I don't remember that one as much. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I'm going to read it for you though. Because you know what? It's amazing. We're going to read this psalm. Psalm 96 begins this way. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Proclaim good tidings of His salvation from day to day. Boy, that's a way to start a psalm, isn't it? Tell of His glory among the nations. His wonderful deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. I don't know about you, but as I was reading this psalm this week, my heart just started pounding. Wow! We get to serve this God. Listen, it, keeps, it goes on, it gets better. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. He will judge the people's um, equity. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all it contains. Imagine the deeps, the waves, the oceans declaring the majesty of our God. And here you and I have the same opportunity. Let the field exalt in all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in His faithfulness. That's our God. Even creation declares His praise and His glory. It's His people that fail to do so on a regular basis. And we come and we read a psalm like that and we find that as we go through this book of psalms, it is a book fitting for every culture, every time, all situations that you and I go through. And God's given it to us at the very center of His Scriptures. As you read through, you can feel the personal response that the psalmist has in his relationship with God Almighty. These are some of the most intimate writings about the relationship between God and man. In fact, if you're ever wondering, how do I pray before this God that I serve, I'd encourage you to open the Psalms and pray them back to God. Because really, only God can describe Himself. And what a beautiful thing it is. As you look at the Psalms, there's quite a few of them, 150 to be exact. And as we look at those, they're written over a a great span of time, uh, starting approximately in about um, 1410 B.C., moving all the way up to 430 B.C. I mean, we're talking about a span of over a thousand years. These Psalms are written and collected and put into our Scriptures. But the way you and I read them is not a chronological order. It's not this one was written first, this one second, third, and so forth. They're put into and and gathered together to capture a a powerful theme in in the book of Psalms. And we're going to look at that today. It's written for every occasion. And and you can even understand some of the occasions. If you open up just the book of Psalms and look, at certain places, there's, there's superscripts is what they call them, and, and headings to the songs. A song of David as he was in the wilderness. Or a song of Asaph as he, and so on and so forth. It lets you know who the writer was. It lets you know what was occurring during that time. However, many of the psalms are are unknown. We don't know who wrote them. We don't know what purpose they were written for. Let me encourage you as you go to these these psalms, if, if that is made known to you, make sure that you interpret what the psalm is talking about in accordance with what was going on when the psalmist wrote that. And then apply it to your life. But make sure you keep it in that context. Many of the Psalms, 73 of them, were written by David. David, a poet, a king, a shepherd, a warrior. And a man after God's heart. A man after God's heart. No wonder he could write Psalms that that reflected the heart of God. Others were written by, by Asaph and some by the sons of Korah, which were, were a choral group, they, they, they think, that would sing in the temple and sing at different festivals. Some were written by Heman and Ethan. Others were uh, written by Solomon and even Moses. And we look at the lives of these individuals as we reflect on the history of Israel. And when we look at those lives, a lot of their lives were not wonderful, were they? They were filled with real life. They were filled with real struggles. And as you read the Psalms, you see this. I've heard it said that that Psalms is the hymnal of the Scriptures, and you can sing to it. There's melody here, but the Psalms are far greater than just a book of songs. It's not about music. Although music is at the very center of God's heart. It's about worship. The focus of the Psalms is worship. Worship defined for you, you have the definition up there. I, I think we get the idea of worship wrong sometimes. We think of worship as only the time where we have our, our folks that are up here leading in song, and we think, oh, that's worship. And then when it comes time for the preaching, we're like, well, worship's done. No, worship goes far deeper than a melody. Worship is, is giving worthiness and respect, reverence. That's something we've lost in our culture reverence to, to a divine being, to God himself. It should not be given to man. We talked about this even last week in youth group that when, when the singing time was done, everybody's like, yeah, going to go, woo! Okay? We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're worshiping God. We're not worshiping man, we're worshiping God. Did you look to the individuals doing this, or did that song, did that praise time, that worship time, direct your attention to God Almighty? To a divine being, an act of expressing reverence. Does our attitude when we come before God express a reverence? I heard one time an individual, as they started their prayer, they went to God and said, What's up, bro? Whoa. Remember who you're going to. He is your Savior. We are children of God, yes, but He is God Almighty. We go with a reverence, and I love this, a form of religious practice, extravagant, extravagant respect and admiration for this God that we have. You know, sometimes I think in our conservative mindset and all of that, we forget to be extravagant. I mean, we are really, really scared if all of a sudden we go, Oh, praise you, God. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, let's be real, honestly. I mean, when was the last time that you worship God and you just were like, God, you are great. You are worthy. I am not. Extravagant admiration respect for the one we come to it's not something we do in a flippant manner when was the last time you came to god in your worship of him you looked at god and you were just in awe i was talking with travis this week and i said you know we have really destroyed the word awesome We bite into a bagel with cream cheese and we're like, oh, that's awesome. And we bite, no, it's not. It's tasty. It's delicious. It's satisfying. It's not awesome. God is awesome. God is the one that should inspire awe in your soul. And when you look to him, you say, God is awesome. God is awe-inspiring. And as you read through the pages of Psalms, you can't help but see an awe-inspiring God. The key term throughout this book is is hallelujah. I'm going to break this down because this is a word that you need to understand. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful word. Hallelujah or Hala is praise. Okay, so you get praise from that the yah is for yahweh hallelujah praise yahweh praise the lord in some of your translations you will see it translated hallelujah others it will be praise the lord but as we read through the psalms we should be saying hallelujah praise yahweh praise the lord and as we go through the pages of the Psalms, your heart should leap in praise. Because we see our God. I, As you go through the Psalms, there's so many different genres. I want to show just... Uh, some, these are some cool tools that I get to play with and have fun. But look at this first one, okay? There's, there's different psalms here, and I know you probably can't see all the different psalm numbers and all. But here's, here's a clue, okay? The bigger the circle, the longer the chapter. The smaller the circle, the smaller the chapter, okay? So Psalm 1 is going to be itty-bitty. Psalm 119, real big, okay? It's the longest chapter in the scripture, by the way. Psalm 119, beautiful. It's, it's an acrostic of the Hebrew alphabet. Each stanza starts with a new letter. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful. We're not going to go through that one this morning. okay? But, but as, you, as you go through, we have, we have the psalms of, of praise. I mean, they are nothing but praising God. Oh my goodness. If you need a kick in the pants, go read those. Okay, they are amazing. And then you have the songs of, of, of lament. You're like... Really? Yeah. Lament. Sorrow, grief, difficulties. I love that we have the Psalms of praise and lament in the Psalms. Do you realize that there are things in this world that should grieve our heart? When we see evil, it is a correct response to lament. And we see that in the Psalms. What I love about the lamenting psalms, though, is each one, even as it expresses almost two, every single one of them, as they express the evil and their hatred for the evil, because God hates evil, they turn and in the end they still, even in their lament, they praise God. So really, I mean, all of your laments should over be over here as praise too, right? But you have these over, and and we have the different ones of, of psalms that just inspire trusting in God. And guess what? You don't have to trust in God when everything's going perfect. You trust in God when your world is upside down. You have those that are a hymn. You ever come to a moment in your life where you just need a song to minister to your soul? And the psalms has those hymns. There's songs that burst forth with gratitude and thanksgiving. Oh, the things in our life. Folks, we live in America. Of all the churches in the world, we should be praising God and thanking Him more than any other. He has blessed us abundantly. And there are songs of psalms of thanksgiving Oh, and the wisdom that is expressed in these psalms—I mean, there's certain ones that are just solid wisdom, like Psalm 119. Okay, but I mean, as you go through the pages, we are all the wiser to understand the God that we get to worship. It's beautiful. And then there's those royal psalms, like. Royal Psalms. I know we don't really get that. We don't have royalty per se. But it was those Psalms that were ascribed to the king. David wrote most of them. And, and they would ascribe to the king praise and worthiness. It's in these royal Psalms that we read and we look to the coming king, to Jesus the Messiah. It's beautiful. And then we have the Psalms in the five books. Did you know that there's different books within the Psalms? It's beautiful. It's powerful. You see these five books, and it's a very similar flow to the Torah. Remember, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the Law, the Torah, the Pentateuch. And as you read through these five books and see the structure... It mirror images the Torah in such a beautiful fashion. But as you read through it and you look, it's almost like now there's a spiritual component to to the, the things that God gave in each one of those books of the Torah. A spiritual component instituting praise and worship of God. Beautiful correlation there. In fact, as, as, you, as you look at that, you'll see that the colors are all mixed up in here. This, I, I like pictures, okay? I'm a very picture oriented, graph oriented. But did you notice all the different colors? It's not like one book is all praise and the next book is lament. Don't go to that book, right? I mean, no, it's all interspersed in there. You know why? Because life is interspersed. My goodness, in one day, I think I was feeling almost all of those genres of psalm. Maybe not the royal one, but all the rest. It's beautiful. I want to give us a quick overview. Like you're finally getting to the overview. You know, Psalms is a different book. It's not like we're going to approach it in a historical manner on a timeline. It's given for life. And well, you know what? Sometimes life is just not cookie cutter. And the way we approach the Psalms is not going to be cookie cutter. We, we come to the Psalms and I want you to turn to the way that this book opens. Look at the first two verses of Psalm 1. Absolutely, absolutely powerful. It says, How blessed is the man who does not walk In the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. We find the law of the Lord in those first five books, the Torah. As 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 the psalmist writes this, he's declaring, "Oh my goodness! I go to your law, I go to the Torah, and it is amazing. It is blessed, and the man who goes there and knows your law is blessed." It's interesting. We'll go back to, um, we'll go back to that uh, that slide. I'm lost here. There we go. There. I apologize to the sound booth right now. I realize I did not put these slides in order. You're going to have to play with me here, okay? We're going to have fun here for the next few minutes. Okay, this book of Psalms is beautiful. Chapters 1 and 2. I mean, those two chapters, they're really brief. You could read them real easy, quick and easy. But they talk about delighting in God's law, the Torah. But it also looks in chapter 2 to the, the kingdom, the Messiah that's going to come. And you, you, you start off the, the book of Psalms with this, and then you end over here with the last five chapters. And the last five chapters, I love, each chapter begins with praise the Lord or... Hallelujah. Okay, some of you remembered, okay? Remember, praise the Lord, hallelujah, same thing. Praise Yahweh. So it starts with... Hallelujah. Good, good, all right? And, then, and each one ends with... I'm really hoping you guys are starting to get excited about praising God here a little, okay? And I'm trying to warm you up because we're going to do something here in just a minute. But these books, as we go through it, David writes the first book almost completely. Almost all those chapters are ascribed to David. It's powerful. But he's looking at a king. He's looking at the kingship and to the king that will come. He talks about creation and the covenant of God, the covenant with Abraham. Remember the covenant with Abraham? Abraham, through your seed, all people will be blessed. And through the seed of, of Abraham, through the seed of David, would come the, the anointed one, the Messiah. And David is looking forward to this. He's praising God for his salvation. Oh, And he looks at his creation. This is how I started Monday. I mean, I'm driving along, listening to these psalms, and it's declaring creation. I'm like, this is great. And it's amazing the majesty of our God that we see in the creation around us. It inspires awe. Our God becomes more grand in our hearts. But we look to this coming king. Book two. Oh, we begin to look at worship. We we see the temple described in the anticipation of the the temple of Zion that would come. Oh, what praise, what wonderful expectations of of the Messiah King. And we would look, and and throughout that the psalmist declares his his need and desire for salvation. Oh, folks, we need to come before God with an understanding of our need for salvation In book three, we read laments. Book three has a lot of laments. It's written in the time of exile. They're in Babylon. They're away. They're they're going through those difficult times and the laments are there and they grieve over sin. Church, we should grieve over our sin too. And when we read psalms like this, we should lament at the fact that we are sinners and we should praise God that He is our Savior. And we rejoice. We, they're looking to that Messiah King again. That's really a common thread throughout it. They're looking to that Messiah. They're looking to the King who would come. It's a wonderful expectation. Are we not doing the same thing? Are we not saying, come Lord Jesus, quickly. And some days we say it more emphatically. And, and we read the Psalms and we see that. I love though in book three that even with their laments and being in exa- exile, they declare the faithfulness of God. His faithfulness in the midst of our unfaithfulness. Book four reminds us to praise God for his mercy. Oh, we need mercy, don't we? And we come and we read that and we, we have to declare, God, your throne reigns forever. A God who would show mercy to a man like myself. And we look for eager expectation. It speaks of that eternal kingdom to come. What a a beautiful reminder. And the glories and, and wow! There will be a king one day, a ruler who will rule just, justly oh we long for that don't we and in book 5 I mean book 5 is a kick in the pants I love book 5 of Psalms it is just it is inundated with praise as, as, you, as you read it you, you understand that evil has been defeated you guys must be asleep evil has been defeated. God is victorious. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's better. Okay. I mean, it's in this section that we have the, the group of Psalms that are known as the Hala Psalms. The halle they're just praising God over and over. I mean, it's wonderful. And it ends with five chapters over and over and over saying, Praise the Lord. Church, I think we have grown numb to praising God sometimes. Each chapter ends with a verse that ties everything together. Book 1 in chapter 41, verse 13 says this, Bless the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Book 2 ends this way in chapter 72, 18, and 19. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone works wonders. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And may the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. By the way, amen means it is so. To repeat it twice is emphatic. Book three ends. Remember, book three was in exile lamenting, but look how it ends. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Book four, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting even to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. And then... Book 5, 150, verse 6. This is how the book of Psalms ends. It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It has to be reiterated even twice. Praise to Yahweh, praise to Yahweh. You cannot end the book of Psalms any other way. And we come to the Psalms and we look and we see our God in such a passionate, intimate way. And we see Him and we say, praise the Lord. I spoke of the great, or of the challah praises. The Hala praises. A beautiful section of the Psalms. But there's one that's called the great Hala, the great hallelujah. It's Psalms 136. I don't know the melody that was put to this song. I I know that it was done in gatherings of all the people. I wasn't going to ask Nathan to try to figure out how to do this on the guitar, but I'm going to ask you to engage in the reading of this psalm. I will serve as the choir director in this, okay? I'm not going to sing. I will read the first part. You will read the response in the red. And we will go through this wonderful, passionate holla, the great holla, Psalm 136 together. Let's go. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His love and his is Yes, it is. Give thanks to the God of gods. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him alone, who alone does great wonders. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who made the heavens with skill. To him who spread out the earth above the waters. For his kindness is to him who made the great lights. For his kindness is the sun to rule the day. For his kindness is the moon and stars to rule the night. This is fun. To him who smote the Egyptians in their firstborn. For is and brought Israel out from their midst. Is With a strong hand and an outstretched arm. For to him who divided the Red Sea asunder. And made Israel pass through the midst of it. For his kindness is everlasting. But he overthrew Pharaoh his, and his army in the Red Sea. For his kindness is everlasting. To him who led his people through the wilderness. For his kindness is everlasting. To him who smote the great kings. And slew the mighty kings. For kindness is everlasting. Sion, king of the Amorites. For and Og, king of Bashan. For and gave their land as a heritage. For Even a heritage to Israel, his servant. who remembered us in our low estate For his is and has rescued us from our adversaries, is who gives food to all flesh. For his is Give thanks to God, to the God of heaven. You know, hallelujah. I'm curious. Because it happens every time I've read this psalm like this. And I don't want a show of hands, I just want an observation of the heart. Did you start to respond mindlessly? As you would respond to each of those things, did it become something just, "Ah, his loving kindness is everlasting? Did you find yourself at some point not focusing on God? Who He is. What he's done. Did his power, his work stir in your heart as you heard and declared the words that God is doing? Did it stir you to praise him all the more? Or did it become commonplace? Did it inspire awe? Or did it start to become humdrum? Oh, how quickly we can come to the Scriptures. How quickly the commonplace of what God has done can go and all of a sudden we find ourselves no longer enthralled with this God that we serve. But just going through the motions. The day you realize that Jesus Christ died for your sin, took your place on that cross, you rejoice. But how quickly we look at our God and we fail to realize, God, you are a God of awe. You are awesome. And how quickly, even though we hear the words, we see the words, we even respond to the words, it becomes commonplace. As we read through the Psalms, as you go through those, may your praise of this God that we serve never wane. I've been giving some stats on music and melody. It touches everyone's life. God's the author of it. It should. But does the praise of God, not music, but the praise of God, hold a central place in your life? Does the worship of God Almighty remain prevalent? Or are you finding yourself just going through the motions? As I read earlier in Psalm 96, as believers, as, as those who follow Yahweh, as those who follow God Almighty, we should declare and sing to the Lord a new song. Each day should be a breath, an opportunity to sing praises to Him. And may our lives and our actions instill us to sing to the Lord all the earth. May we worship this God. Let's pray. God, Thank you. Thank you for the week you gave me. Ups, downs. And in the midst of it, the ability to come to your word and read the pages of Psalms and see you. A God who, despite the world around me, is worthy of praise. So God, this morning, I declare to you, hallelujah. God, as a church, may our heart declare to you, may it be lifted up with a voice, hallelujah. God, we praise you and we thank you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 8. For the choir director.